0: It's Wednesday the 14th of October 2020 and you're listening to the Film School Podcast. This is episode 14 where we are discussing the one and only Upgrade as our main movie of the week. Uh, Joined with me, we have the Sans Pants Radio's own Joel Jusha. How you doing?
1: Yeah, good. Thanks so much for having me again Uh, after I was so rude to you last time. Good
0: to be back Thank you so much for stopping by And um, joining us in on this episode While Emily subs out We have the film guru himself Josh J. Luke How you doing Josh?
2: I'm doing well But I love how Joel got the intro As if he's the regular And I'm subbing in for him This week So Good to be here guys Thanks for having me I Am really excited to be here
0: I'll be honest I saw Joel's name written on the notes And I was like Well I'm just going to introduce him first now Aren't I? Um, And luckily last, we have uh, the rom-com expert, Chris Birchie. How are you doing, Chris?
3: I'm good, thanks. I'm hoping you can hear me because my Discord just said you cannot hear me. So hopefully I'm well and um, audible.
0: We can definitely hear you. Um, For those of you who don't know, Film School Podcast is a podcast where we sit and talk about the movies that we have watched throughout the week, followed by a main topic, um, and that this week's is uh, Upgrade. Uh, you can follow us on Letterbox uh, as individuals. So you've got King Frogby as myself. Josh uh, is J Luke. Emily is MJP 74 and Chris Birchy is Birchy. Um, what about yourself, Joel? What's your Joel?
1: Uh, so it's just Dusha, or yeah, because I've like got my full name on my Letterboxd account as well. So my username is just Dusha, which is D U S C H E R. Or you can just find me if you search for Joel Dusha. Uh, which is the same thing, but just with Joel in front of it. So really, I don't know why I would bother, bother typing that extra part, but the option's there. No. Okay.
0: Cool. So, Joel, why don't you start us off and tell us a bit more about what you watched this week.
1: So, uh, this is the second year I've had Letterboxd, and last year saw a lot of like Halloween challenges floating around, I guess. Uh, when it comes to Letterboxd and challenges, it's rarely a challenge and more just like how many movies can i watch in a short period of time so this month i decided i'd get around the uh, halloween hype and try and watch 31 horror movies in october uh so this week has mostly been horror films the two that i'm going to be talking about today are definitely horror films and the first one i watched was something that i had heard about since i was in high school but had never seen which is the hills have eyes remake uh so originally it was a wes craven film uh in his early years uh after last house on the left which is something i also watched recently and is fucked uh he then went on to make the hills have eyes um and this was a little bit before wes craven started to find his stride like his first two films do have their fans but this is like pre um nightmare on elm street and stuff like that before he like really cements himself as like one of the, I guess, one of the original, like, horror masters. Um, but yeah, in 2006, they remade The Hills Have Eyes, uh, which kind of happened around the same time that we started getting remakes, like Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, a little bit later on, you get the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, Nightmare on Elm Street remake as well. Um, and I've seen, like, a few of them. Uh, recently, I watched the Friday the 13th remake, and it's just, like, stupid slasher, like... Almost in a similar vein to, like, A Final Destination, where, like, the gore is really over the top, the characters are barely characters, everyone's just, like, a stupid teenager, you don't really care about them, it's mostly, like, even though it's a horror movie, it's one of those, like, silly, kind of fun, even though it's violent horror movies. The Hills Have Eyes remake is not that, it is SO FUCKED! uh it's very fucked it's very bleak it's very upsetting and had some like scenes where i was genuinely like oh no this is this feels bad to watch um yeah which look i've seen look i've been watching movies pretty consistently since i was in high school uh so that was like 11 or 12 years ago now so like i've seen fair share of fucked stuff yep um but yeah sometimes like stuff like this still comes along where i'm like uh it's not actually going to be that bad so like i guess a good example is i saw hostel for the first time like a couple of years ago and was like ah, oh. like i mean yeah sure cool but like it's not that bad but like this rolled around and i was like
0: oh no there's like some legitimately like real upsetting shit in this well that's a hard no for me i'm never checking <laughs> this movie out
1: oh like it's not even necessarily like there is some like real brutal violence that it kind of lingers on but it's more just like some of the situations that the characters find themselves in you're like oh no that's that's not nice like there's a point where a baby gets a gun pointed directly into its face like in front of the mom and you're like oh yeah no thank you um Mm. but yeah it was like really 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 surprised with like this is one of those movies where it did a lot of stuff well and whilst i was spent most of the movies being like oh oh no oh i feel so bad uh it was like like it really took me by surprise and i like quite enjoyed it i gave it a three and a half but yeah for the type of movie this is a three and a half is a huge score
2: absolutely three and a half is Um, a huge score do you find it weird that so i'm assuming the original is still very bleak despite maybe not being that outwardly fucked right yeah
1: i haven't seen the original i was tossing up between watching the original and this um yeah i did a weird thing where i watched the original last house on the left and then watched the remake of hills have eyes rather (laughs) than just committing to doing the one or the other yeah Yeah.
0: do you think you'll go Um, back and watch the original hills have eyes now that you've seen the remake or you just not
1: yeah i want to toss out how long it is because one thing with the hills have eyes remake is it's like a hundred it's pushing 105 minutes or something like that which is long (laughs) for a horror movie. Um, so if the original is like a little more lean than that, I'll probably watch it. But if it's again pushing two hours, I might give it a miss. Yeah. Um, because as far as I know, the story is almost exactly the same. It's just some of the events are a bit different. Um, one thing I did appreciate with this is that the movie gives you a chance to learn about the characters before things really kick off. It's not like, uh, let's just use Friday the Thirteenth remake as <laughs> yeah, an example because that's like something that. I guess out of all of those, like, slasher remakes, that one's probably the most famous as well. Where, like, you just pick, like, characters being picked off one by one from the get-go. I mean, like, Friday the 13th remake has, like, a false start where, like, fucking 10 people die in, like, the first 20 minutes. With this, nothing really happens. You're just spending time with the characters for 45 minutes. Then there's, like, one or two bad things, and then there's a huge bad thing, and then it kind of, you just, like, like, things really kick off. Like, it... To the point where... Even though this is technically a slasher, it kind of feels like, and the time when this got released kind of works out like this, but it kind of feels like in between like a slasher movie and like torture porn,
0: because it
1: borrows from both.
0: This does not sound like a film for me, but I know that Josh will end up making me watch it at some point. I Uh, can feel it. I can feel it.
2: I haven't even seen this one, so maybe I should give it a preemptive watch.
1: Yeah, it's not like if someone doesn't like, uh, Adam, I know that you are. Famously, a very, very, very spineless person when it comes to horror movies. Hundred um, percent. Just in general. No, <laughs> <movie>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard Adam, you're a real piece of shit. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just salt of the earth, motherfucker. Just um, everything.
0: Like everything scares me. Like I just don't like high, high tension situations. Yeah.
1: This kind of yeah it's more there's not really many jump scares I don't even think there's any in this but it's just like real unpleasant violence and then just making you like sit in it mm. like the scenes where a bad thing happens the the movie doesn't like cut away from it and then cut back to something that's unrelated it's like a character dies but then the character that's alive will be in the room with the dead character Ooh, okay like so it's just really so bleak minutes. yeah mm. um but yeah like all if right you, if you haven't seen it and you've seen a lot of horror movies like I'd recommend checking it out because yeah um, the director, whose name I have not got written down. Is and... it Alexandra I or something? Yeah, that's it.
2: It just um, came off my head because I looked it up because he directed
0: some very famous movies, I believe.
1: Yeah, so recently he made Crawl, which is... A... Oh, yeah.
0: The one yeah. where she's stuck in the space with the, the crocodile.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, that was but sweet. <laughs> his origi- like his breakthrough, I guess, is a movie called High Tension. Which is on. Oh, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, which is on Shudder in Australia. Uh, okay. If you want to check it out, apparently that's also incredibly violent. But yeah, that's the one that kind of got him noticed, and then he got this movie off that. And no. another weird thing with Hills Have Eyes is not only is it really bleak, really violent, it made a shit load of money. So, um, I don't know what was going on in two thousand and six, but everyone, I guess, was just like, "Yeah, fuck me up." See, the thing is, like, I know,
0: I know the name too. Like, I don't think anyone doesn't know the name Hills Have Eyes as like. A horror movie to check out I don't know yeah. like, like I I have no desire to watch it But I feel like mm. It's like It's like kind of like Silent Hill right Everyone knows the name Silent Hill Yeah mm.
2: But The one I was going to mention Was he also directed Horns Which is an adaption Of Stephen King's son's novel
0: That's the one with um, Daniel Radcliffe yeah. Radcliffe Yeah Yeah I didn't mind that movie Real weird yeah, it's a good though movie. Yeah Real weird Alright Josh What did you watch this week?
2: Uh, So moving on from that, and it's quite funny because I think me and Joel were watching these two movies at the same time, (laughs) and we're just having a completely different time. I watched Some Like It Hot, which is a classic 1959 romantic comedy film directed by Billy Wilder. It stars Tony Curtis, Jack Lennon, and the one and only Marilyn Monroe. Uh, Curtis and Lemon star as two struggling musicians who sort of witness a mob hit in Chicago on their way out of town. They narrowly, narrowly escape the mob and decide they need to both get out of town and take the skies in order to save their lives. Luckily, they heard about a band in Florida that needs a bassist and a saxophonist. Only thing is that it's an all-female band. Well, that doesn't stop the boys, and they dress for the part, and that's where the hijinks ensue. They both fall for Marilyn Monroe's character, who is also part of the band, and it's just a really good time. It's extraordinarily progressive for the 50s like you would not believe some of the gags they make in this which have aged so well and i there's i couldn't not recommend this film to people even if you're not a fan of old comedies the comedy in this just works on so many levels all the characters are so endearing and everyone's just fully committing to their characters and you really get to notice why Marilyn Monroe has become the legendary figure she is because she's just so effervescent, effervescent. I can't even really say that word, but and so effortlessly charming in this, and I loved it. And I can't believe that I waited so long to watch this because I've, with this year, I've been trying to watch this for months. But just over the years, I was like, oh yeah, I've heard that's good. I'll put it on because there's not too many Marilyn Monroe movies that are actually supposed to be really, really good. But this is one of them. And I'm glad I finally got around to watching it. And it was a nice little break from my sort of 31 horror movie, October, which I think I'm probably already past at this point.
0: Is it colour or black and white?
2: Uh, it's black and white, which is interesting because what do you think colour come in? I'm pretty sure they would have been It came
0: back. in by this point, point. Well, 1955. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, 1959, sorry. Oh, 59. Um, oh, yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. But the black and white works it's Is it-, it actually helps with the old school hollywood feel of the film it yep. feels like an old hollywood film in the best way and like the chicago gangsters of real old school chicago gangsters like you think you'd see out of the untouchables people have got tommy guns and everything it's it's just classic it's one of the greatest comedies of all time in a lot of people's eyes and i can see why
1: i think you've seen this having you, job yeah i've seen it i uh i watched it when i was in uni um and yeah when i watched it i was yeah fuck it would have been jesus like eight or nine years ago i don't remember it super well but um i remember like when i watched it i was taken by surprise with how well like you'd think considering the subject matter of the film i remember it taking me by surprise with how uh i guess unproblematic some of it is yeah Um, it's and yeah the jokes are legitimately funny it has like a Really famous ending as well That I vaguely knew about And then forgot about And then when I was watching it Laughed a lot at
2: Yeah, yeah So I gave this one a 4.5 I'm sure A lot of people give it a 5 But hey Nobody's perfect So
3: (laughs) (laughs) What do we got Chris? That sounded really good I think I'll uh, I'll have to give it a watch I I think it's on
1: Stan If
2: you are looking to check it out
0: Oh okay Well then I'm way more inclined If it's on Stan I thought I had to like rent it or something
1: uh, and if anyone else is looking for another Marilyn Monroe movie that's like worth watching the 7 I think it's the se- yeah 7 Year Itch is seven really Year good Rich. as well yep. yeah
2: I okay. and Again, also in university and I'm gonna just do a little shout out to some of our friends because I know we have some big wrestling fans out there Billy Kidman used that as the name of his finisher in the old WCW days
0: huge, <laughs> huge. massive massive I'm Onto more surprised movie, we have wrestling fans um, yeah all right Chris what did you watch <laughs> um,
3: yeah I watched Birds of Prey uh, it's got a really long title uh, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn so it's a, uh, a follow-up to uh, Suicide Squad or sort of a follow-up the characters character uh, the main sort of plot from it is that the Joker and Harley Quinn who's played by Margot Robbie break up and then essentially all the people that she's wronged in the previous years um, are now able to come after her so that she doesn't have that protection anymore so the main person that she wronged uh, or who wants to come after her after her is the the main villain which is black mask who's played by ewan mcgregor and essentially it's a story there's a group of badass female characters they all team up uh, for their own survival against this black mask character and, yeah, there's a bit of a slide plot where um, there's a gem that needs to be found or I think it's a diamond uh, and it unlocks something to do with the Bertinelli crime family fortune. Uh, yeah, so I, I watched it. Uh, I did enjoy the movie. Um, the acting I did like. I the acting was, was really good. It was quite terrific, especially Margot Robbie's accent and her mannerisms. And some of her lines are great. Like I, I really enjoyed the uh, There's a cheeseburger scene uh, where she's just, just totally infatuated by this cheeseburger, and it, it actually made me rem- um, remind me a little bit of that pulp fiction dialogue, just for that little little part, which, which was quite nice. I remember uh, seeing yeah. this in
0: cinemas and like wanting that cheeseburger afterwards as well. I was like, yeah. man, this is like if, if they're selling me on one part of this film, it's that like I really want a cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah, cheeseburgers
2: like,
3: are good. They did, and they went back to it towards the end too. So they they, they definitely did the double uh, double up on wanting that cheeseburger. Uh, yeah, so the movie as a whole, as I said before, it's decent. I was happy to watch. I'm happy that I have watched it, but I don't need to watch it again. Uh, little on the long side. Very easy viewing. Uh, had some, yeah, some of the um, female actors in there are, are great, especially the, there's a young girl in there um, who's the kind of like criminal type type girl. She's like pickpockets and stuff. I think her name was Cassandra, but it's played by, I put it in here somewhere, Ella J. Basco. So yeah, she does really well in her role, uh, and yeah, I'm I'm happy for people to watch it. But I, as I said, I'm not going to rewatch it. I gave it a two and a half out of
1: five.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah, this. So you
1: go. Uh, I was going to say I saw this in the cinema uh, before everything went down, and I hate the original Suicide Squad so much. Oh, uh, so it's bad. One of so really bad. Weird. Um. And watching this, I really wanted to like it, but, yeah, I have just found it, like, super forgettable. And it's, like... Mm. I guess it's kind of, like, course correction, and it means that, like, maybe as this goes on, like, Harley Quinn will be put in movies that are, I guess, better. But, yeah, like... There was a lot of this where I was just like, all right, guys, let's... Let's, let's yeah, give it a yeah. the wrap fight it up.
3: The scenes were overly long too at times, but that does happen in a lot of um, you know, these sort of things. I did yeah. forget to mention Margot Robbie uh, was one of the producers as well, so... Um, See, good I feel like that. she's a
0: great Harley Quinn, right? I feel like that yeah. she is a good Harley Quinn. I think that, yeah, the the script was just forgettable. Like, the villain, not yep. that big of a deal. Um, I also watch this in theatres. I am... Absolutely infatuated with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, the chick with like yeah. a hair swipe to the right. Like, I want her to be in a good film that's not mm. just Scott Pilgrim because I will watch the shit out of that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, this didn't do I, it much for me either.
2: I haven't yeah. seen it and it, it's on Netflix, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah recently uh, added.
2: Yeah, it's recently added to Netflix and usually when something new's added to netflix especially if it's from the last couple of years i usually just instinctively watch it just so i've got it out of the way i've had so many opportunities to watch this and i've just stared at the banner on the screen and thought you know what yeah. nah just no interest at all i will probably eventually watch it and be completely uh underwhelmed by how mediocre it is yeah, it's yeah.
1: very much like a fine movie. It's not bad. It's just not good. Yeah. And yeah, it's like when the credits roll, you're like, oh, what? I don't really remember. I just have like vague memories of maybe feeling like I kind of watched a Deadpool movie. But I often in it.
2: I often find that worse because I don't mind hating the shit out of a movie because at least it's got an emotional reaction out of me. Yeah, it's at like two to five, two point five to low three range. It's just like, eh, what was the point of this exercise? And yeah. I think it does uh,
0: itself a disservice just because it's like in the suicide squad world like I don't know as soon as like like because they write off the Joker in the first like two minutes of it they're like oh yeah he's disappeared or whatever he's totally like, yeah. and like that's the premise for some of the story but it's just like I don't know just being in that same world I, I like lowered it a few points just from that <laughs> mm.
2: um, and on a, you... I was going to say on have... a three point scale for Adam he dropped it from a five to a one there like, you
0: know, a few <laughs> I probably would give this a one
2: jesus uh oh, yeah. on his scale it's the only one that makes sense
1: yeah i that's a very good point i guess i mean that's doing the movie a huge disservice because it's definitely that means that both suicide squad and birds of prey are on the same level and that's not fair um but if everyone is looking for a strong mary elizabeth winstead performance i recommend checking out 10 cloverfield lane a movie that people didn't really see because it's a cloverfield movie but mm. she is so good in it um john goodman is also the bad guy in it and he is fucked like very two huge performances there um both of them going way harder than they should be going in like what is inevitably kind of like a yeah a cloverfield sequel um yeah
2: uh, okay i have a funny story about that phil and i suppose i should probably bring it up here because reese will probably be listening i saw that at the drive-in with reese and another one of our friends and i was sitting in the back seat and it was a foggy quite a smoky evening as well i guess you'd say and yep. i still don't think i've seen that movie i reckon i was staring at the roof of the car for the whole time i have a basic understanding of the story but yeah 10 Cloverfield <laughs> lane sounds pretty good it's stressful it's definitely stressful wasn't too stressful for me oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do we got adam
0: all right, so this week um, I watched uh, Expedition Happiness. So I was, I got home last night after going down uh, and doing some fishing, and I was just like scrolling through Netflix. And you know, like when you're in one of those moods where like just nothing's hitting, like you're looking through and you're like, I don't feel like a drum or I don't feel like anything. So I came across this film. Um, It was filmed in 2017, directed by uh, the two main actors or not actors even. It's just really just like a documentary where you follow these two hipsters from Germany who buy a school bus in North Carolina, drive it into Canada and across to Alaska and then all the way down and into Mexico. Um, I don't know how they got this onto Netflix. This needs to be on YouTube. There is (laughs) nothing special. Like I've watched so many of these like movies like on YouTube I don't know how they did it like like someone clearly paid them like they have a I guess quite a large social following um the star of the whole movie is their dog and I just really wanted like this dog traveling all the places as a film um I feel like it's like one of those films where like the idea is that you go away and like you're you find happiness like on the road and traveling the whole movie was just like all the problems that they had the entire time. Um, their dog getting sick. Everything was like bad and there was no like happiness, I would say, in the film. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe if you're considering maybe do something a bit better and plan a bit ahead. Um, and so have plan.
2: you basically watched a bad travel vlog
0: this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did watch a bad
2: travel vlog. Um,
1: and um, look, Adam, just to fuck us up a little bit, what did you give it out of? On your so, 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 so,
0: like, system? so I gave it, I gave it a three because, yeah, of course, because that makes oh, no fucking sense. No, no, this is no. <laughs> the
1: most negative review I've heard. It's like, oh, it's like a
0: bad. All right, all
2: right. Was I... like way worse than your Harley
1: Quinn review. You just gave. <laughs> so, so, Adam, Adam, sitting there being like, oh man, this is like something worse than. I'm just history, saying you know? this, but bit... it has a dog that I liked, and there's no happiness in this movie. But it reminded me of being outside, something I'm not allowed to do. You exactly. Stars.
0: Exactly. And, I like, honestly, I feel like that's why I got the rating. Was I was watching this, and I, I totally, like, discounted the movie. And I was just like, oh, God, that looks like a nice place to travel to. It would be really nice if I could leave my five-kilometer radius. Um, so, that would fl- be a...
1: T- Totally sick rating if you used you, uh, you know, didn't have your own <laughs> internal system that means that every movie is like not up for like interpretation anymore, it's just like it's a one or three or a five.
0: Well, so, I well, the thing is, right? So, like, I gave it a three because I did enjoy it, like, I enjoyed but, the but that act. You as, just said it sucked, yeah, like as a film, <laughs>
1: as so, a, okay, but so, I as a movie, it's bad. Three
3: See
0: my rating is my rating system like like all right let's go into this Joel because we may as well do it now. <laughs> so my no, rating no, let's system. Not do it because
2: he's done this a million times. Yeah. Adam, no matter look, how many times he explains it, let's it do always does the same way.
1: Let's <laughs> do this, Like I'll do this. I'll explain your rating system to you. Didn't and enjoy I'll... it?
0: Enjoyed it? Great movie. Like phenomenal it just movie.
1: Didn't sound
2: like you enjoyed this
0: movie.
1: But then also, you just said you enjoyed Harley Quinn, but it was forgettable, so I got one star.
0: So Look, surely... I, I haven't rated it on Letterboxd. I need to rewatch it, and then I'll give a rating. So, like... This is
2: infuriating. <laughs> it's getting... It's probably worse than the Tom Reed system, but
0: it's an ongoing gag, so we have to keep up with it now. Exactly. All right. <sighs> Joel, what was the next movie you watched?
1: Alright, so uh, I'm continuing to rep absolutely fucked horror movies because I finally watched the 2018 French horror movie Raw, which when it came out, everyone spoke a lot about and I was like, I gotta check this out. Um, I have no issue with subtitles or watching foreign films, but I do find that I'm more picky about when I'm in a mood to watch them. Um, So like, I would never not watch a movie because it's not in English. But if I'm like tired or something, I would prefer an English spoken movie, I guess um so i had wanted to watch this for ages it had sat on my watch list for months and yeah the like a couple of days ago i was like fuck it it's twelve thirty a.m perfect cool. time to watch it i'm drank coffee in the evening for some reason so i'm raring to go
2: it is pure art cunt
0: hours at this point
1: <laughs> yeah exactly there's no rules i could fucking watch yeah why know. would you I-
0: decide to watch a movie where you could read that late though like
1: well, oh. yeah, that's the thing. I think it's because I it was just, like, really awake, and I was like, well, a horror movie probably is going to make me more awake,
0: mm. but
1: reading will make me tired, my eyes tired, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, look, I watched the whole movie and then was not tired by the end of it. <laughs> but, uh, so, the only thing I knew about this movie was that it, the basic premise, which is that a, um, uh, be- Sorry, I'm very distracted by something just popped up on my screen. Uh so basically the basic premise is, uh, the b- basic plot of the movie is that a vegetarian uh girl uh goes to v- v- uh a vet vet uni basically and as part of an in- initiation she's forced to eat horse kidney mm. uh which awakens a lust for meat and she realized like oh yeah becomes a cannibalistic urges basically and she can't keep it under control um and like movies involving cannibalism especially horror movies of recent can be pretty graphic uh but i knew that this movie was rated ma in australia so i was like whatever probably won't be that bad and i was wrong uh this is (sighs) truly disgusting at points um and not just like bad eating stuff things like you get there's a scene where they're having a like two characters having a conversation and one character's hand is like just dragging shit out of a horse's ass because it's a vet school
0: Nice, Um,
1: and like you see all of that Uh, a character vomits up a hairball at one point uh it's just horrific and then also you know like seeing a person eat human flesh it's
2: no good Mm. um I love how we're so inclined these days that the last one you said there actually sounds like the least disgusting to watch. Uh, like it's not um...
1: yeah it's like what there's points where it's definitely worse uh, so like there's a scene in the film where the uh, character kind of first gives into a like I guess cannibalistic like desires and like eats a finger and that's bad um but also like when she first becomes a cannibal she like breaks out in a rash and goes to a doctor so like the rash is really bad to look at as well it's just like it borders on body horror a lot it's hectic it's real hectic
0: (laughs) So, like, you guys sent through the list of movies you're going to watch today. And I was like, oh, I'll, like, watch the trailers for all of them and see if, like, as soon as work finishes, I'll jump in and, like, watch one of these movies to join in. So, I watched this trailer and I was like, nah. And I watched, like, your other one and I was like, nah. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> nah, these are movies for me. I think I'll give these all a the miss. Don't need that in my life. Yep.
1: Yeah, like, I'm really glad I liked it. Uh, I've watched it, I mean, because I really liked it. Um, there is some stuff, like... it. For a 95 minute movie, there's points where it's like a little bit, like drags a little bit, but the, like the highs are so high for me. I think I gave this a four, but on rewatch, it could easily jump up to like a four and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, there's some like just truly fucked parts of this movie and just like out of the blue fucked as well. Like characters just making decisions. And you're like, why are you doing that? Stop. That's awful. I don't want to see this.
0: Sounds uh... like a four and a half movie for me.
1: well to you adam it would probably be a one or a three probably because i wouldn't enjoy it it. yeah yeah Yeah. all right josh tell me what Uh, you watched
2: so all right i'm hopping back on the horror train as well and i watched a movie called body bags which is actually a television movie that was made in 1993 that was intended to be sort of a pilot for a new anthology horror series in the same fashion as say, Tales from the Crypt, I guess, is the most well-known one. And it was directed by two masters of horror, the absolute master of horror, John Carpenter, and semi-master, maybe co-master, Toby Hooper. Um, so John Carpenter directs one segment. Oh, sorry, John Carpenter directs two segments. Toby Hooper directs one segment and there's also a framing story, which is where it most resembles Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt's really well known for its framing story of having the Crypt Keeper introduce all the stories. He was this sort of undead figure who would crack a few jokes and then lead into the story. A lot like Rod Serling in Twilight Zone. So John Carpenter actually plays the coroner in the framing stories here. And he's hilarious. Fully commits. Just JC at his best. And the whole framing for the stories is that he's telling the story of one of the body bags that's come into his morgue. And that's the way we get into the stories. So the first short is called The Gas Station. It focuses on a lone gas station attendant on her first night in Haddonfield, which is the town in which Halloween takes place. There is a serial killer on the loose. And no, it is not Michael Myers just trying to kill as many people as he can. It is someone who is unnamed at this point. Um, So the girl goes through all these sort of different little things that happen to her on her first night. Like she gets locked out. There's a homeless guy who seems really intimidating and really drunk. So everything's just putting her on edge and the attention's building and the attention's building. There's also like this sly little bit of humor, which Carps is known for and which suits the – Anthology horror series, especially for TV, very well. Um, there's cameos from another Master of Horror, Wes Craven, who was mentioned before. Sam Raimi also has an acting uh cameo here, which is really cool. Uh I I can't remember who's the main star of this short, but it's someone quite famous as well. Really thought it had a great time with this one. It is pure John Carpenter, and I thought that one was four stars for the first short. Uh, He also did the second one, which was called Hair. It's about a bloke who can't deal with going bald, so he chooses to chase miracle cures he sees on TV. Uh, He sees one that promises a full head of hair overnight. All he has to do is rub it on and go to sleep. And it works. He wakes up the next morning, and he's got a full, luscious, long head of hair. Longer than mine, in fact, and that's not easy to do for someone who was literally bald the day before. Um, Stacey Keach plays the main character of this one. Um, it's very hammy, it's very funny and it's very fun it's the perfect film if this was say a two part episode to have on the back of something as tense as the gas station and I really enjoyed it too it was probably around the three and a half to a four range but for the format and what they did I gave it a four Uh, Toby Hooper's entry was The Eye where Mark Hamill plays a minor league baseballer who loses his eye in a sort of um, in a Car accident, so he gets experimental surgery to replace his lost eye, and I'm thinking this might have been where the Simpsons bit came from, where Homer loses his hand and gets Snake's hand attached. I think that may (laughs) have actually come from this one here, because it's quite predictable. This one, it's a lot darker than the other two in the sense that it's a bit more mean spirited, and it doesn't have John Carpenter's sort of humour. I know. Both Adam and Joel, you guys have seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sure have. I
0: sure have, guys. Very sure have. Very bleak. Okay.
2: And that's sort of the tone that he goes for here. It's the funniest part about it is seeing Luke Skywalker with a 70s style porno stash. So that's the funniest part of this one. But other than that, he plays it fairly straight. And while Toby Hooper is a great director, like John Carpenter's one of the all-time great directors especially in this realm and it just doesn't hold up as well i still thought it was a three it wasn't bad but on a whole i thought the movie itself was a four i actually enjoyed it more than what's considered the great horror anthology i guess which would be creep show and yeah had a great time i suggest if anyone can find it that they give it a watch
0: yeah. i won't
2: i know will yeah
1: won't. It sounds like something that I would enjoy, but I have not seen um, many horror anthologies before, and I feel like the Body Bags is a weird one for me to start with. Or maybe that's on brand, and I should just do that and should shut I, up and stop complaining.
2: I actually think because you've seen like the movies from the guys who made them, they do work very well as shorts, and yeah. I think you like the, I think you like Carbs' commentary. Uh, sorry, comedy in the framing bits as well. Tom Arnold pops up as well. In, Hell yeah. The framing bits, it's, yeah, just a great time.
0: All right, Chris, what did you watch? I think Chris might have... Disconnected. this disc audio. All right, here. well, I'm going to jump in and tell you that I watched the worst American Pie film. I watched <laughs> American Pie Girls Rules, and I was so happy Joel reached out, took a screenshot of it and be like, I mm-hmm. love, love how thirsty you are out of... It did uh, say thirsty.
1: I did not say thirsty, Adam. I said horny, and I stand by it.
0: Yeah, you were I was. very horny, my friend. Hundred percent. So you go into an American Pie movie with the expectation for nudity. So it's another night in lockdown, <laughs> and see, I'm just Adam, like to,
2: no, to, Adam. No,
0: everyone. I, everyone does. Adam,
1: come I, I don't think that um. The American Pie movies aren't, like, famous for the nudity. I guess, like, the first two have, like, iconic scenes that involve it. Or just, but, like... like, oh, like okay. I
2: don't know. Actually, the straight-to-DVD ones have quite a few mm. nudity scenes in them. And I suppose if this one's in that realm, I can see where he's coming from.
0: So, like, all right. Like, it's set in East Great Falls. There is a Stifler in it. Uh, so, this is essentially what the um, the women version of... Uh, American pie. So there's four um female friends who are all trying to get uh who make a pact to all try and get um their sex on, I suppose. And the it it's it's just like terribly done. So um they all fall in love with this same guy who is apparently a high schooler. He's a twenty nine year old man, he definitely looks like a twenty nine year old man, he looks so old, I can't stress this enough. Um And in the process of everyone trying to fall in love with this guy, uh, they all, like, I guess, one of them actually falls in love with him. And the other three have friends that, like, male friends that try and help them, like, either A, make him jealous. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second one would be, uh, like, this nerdy guy who knows all of this guy's quirks. So obviously, like the woman who paired up with that guy, like you can see it's like writing on the wall the whole way through the movie. And then there's like this really nerdy chick who is like the valedictorian, and there's this nerdy guy who's into it, and that's where that ends up going. It just ends up being a whole bunch of dry humping uh, the entire movie. Uh, for some reason. Daddy Trejo is in the film. Um, Hell yeah doesn't say a single word the entire film. That's, he, that's incredible. He's kind of just like in scenes and in the background and like offers nothing. Like, doesn't he, He's kind of like one of those people that like just sort of drifts in and out of the background. You're like, I know that guy. Um, it doesn't like share any commonalities with like any of the other ones. So, like, uh, Eugene Levy doesn't appear in it. Um, I don't know. I, I did not enjoy this film at all. Like, if you want to watch, like, a shitty rom-com, go and watch, like, any of those Netflix films. Like, To All the Boys I Loved Before. Anything with Noah Centineo tends to be pretty decent. Like, or pretty okay. This just totally, like, flopped for me. Quite literally.
1: So, is this a three-star film for you, Adam? It sounds like a three-star review. No, nah, this is a it's... one.
0: Ooh. This is a one-star what? film.
1: Uh, I'm just wondering it, what the difference between this and Expedition Happiness was.
0: I enjoyed Expedition Happiness because I got out sure? of it. I got I got yeah, I did
2: Expedition of Happiness has a set of tits, so
1: that... <laughs> that's no, it year. doesn't have
0: a set of tits actually.
1: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> I know, I was kidding. But you're right, that probably would have <laughs> five stars. <Expedition laughs> no, no, no. Um but yeah, like this I don't know. Like What what did you go in expecting this to be though?
2: Because I and one of those people who I've seen all the American Pie movies. And outside of the stand, like the proper ones, they all suck. They're so
0: bad. Yeah. And you're right. It's 2020. Like, they're not going to get better. But, like, I didn't expect them to, like, really get, like, no... Like, I, I thought that at least have, like, a storyline that was semi-intriguing. Or, like, something different. But it's just, like, a rehash. Also, the director's name is uh, Mike Elliott. And I like. I was like, what else has this guy done? And he's done like... <laughs> all of his films have like an average of two. Uh, he did uh, Scorpion King 4. I didn't even know oh, there yeah. was a fourth oh, one. Classic.
2: It is a classic. That's getting deep into the
0: Scorpion <laughs> King mythology. <laughs> and, and Blue Crush 2. Ah, oh. The best one in the Blue Crush series. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all so- right sorry you go
1: so one thing that i find really interesting about this is i've seen the trailer um and the dialogue look i'm not particularly too worried about the nudity and the horniness of the movie like you adam but one thing that i do find really really fucking strange about this is that it's called girls rule you got female protagonists it's not written by any women and every single character talks like a crazy person like
0: oh yeah they're all like sociopaths and also there's no like all the girls it's like everyone's in mingles they're all just like bitches to one another and they're all fighting over the same dude and like oh, totally like, Sorry, beyond you
1: that it's just like just like the way that they talk is like how It's like an adult man has imagined how a horny teenage girl talks and it's like really, really, really like upsetting. Mm. Jeez, I wonder how that happened. Oh wait,
2: (laughs) that is what happened. Um (sighs) yeah.
1: And especially like when you're watching movies like like I guess like Ladybird Bird Bird, as an obvious
2: Book Smart as well.
1: Book Smart, uh yeah, like coming of age teen movies that have female leads that are written by women, you're like, Oh, okay, all of this dialogue actually sounds like real things, people would say.
0: It actually like makes sense. The, f-
1: the first American Pie, like the guys are like pieces of shit, but like they're like believable and they're not saying anything or you're like people don't talk like that. Yeah, we well, like, already every single... everyone talked like that. <laughs> um everyone was constantly making like the stiffler face of like oh the whole time. Um <laughs> But yeah, like every single line said in this like trailer was just like people yeah it's it's bad uh you're brave for watching
0: it Adam. it is bad and like it's so on the nose there's even a bit where like the girl stifler like jumps up on top of a van and like gives this whole like high schooler speech and the whole time i was like no one would ever like this is beyond the realm of reality and what you're saying sounds like you're a dipshit like oh i hated everything about it don't watch this film all right chris are you back
3: yeah, I'm back. I, I missed most of your review. The only stuff I heard was you wanting more nudity and... Um, that, was morning, so that was the whole review. That was, that was
0: review. the whole review. Yeah, 100%. Um, tell us what you watched this week, Chris.
3: I, uh, Last... I won't watch it then. <laughs>
0: yeah, don't.
3: Uh, H- Hubie Halloween, it's called. So it's the next Adam Sandler installment in the Netflix, uh, I suppose, deal. Uh, I just needed something light and easy to watch, so that's why this came up. Uh, so the main character, Hubie, played by Adam Sandler, he works as a delicatessen. He's essentially the person the whole town ridicules, um, the, you know, throwing things at him, picking on him, all that sort of thing, doing pranks. Uh, his real passion is Halloween, so he you know, creates all these like uh, uh, settings around his house and so forth, or his mum's house because he still lives at home at roughly 40-ish or whatever his age is meant to be uh he he's kind of like the town official halloween helper so and uh, aren't pranking him he, he's just a nice a nice guy i suppose so amongst all the pranks uh, that are played on Hubie, uh, he ends up being involved in an actual crime investigation where he tries to solve this mystery for the rest of the movie uh the things i liked about the movie was his Swiss Army-type thermos. I'd, I'd really like to own one. It was ridiculous, but had so many different gadgets in it from a like a vacuum cleaner. I think there was a megaphone in it. That there. was the only good Blaine gag things, in the whole film. Flare gun, just this sort of Swiss Army. In the film as well. Uh, and, yeah, so the one thing it didn't have was a compass too, and he, he that was probably the only thing he needed in one point of the movie, so suppose the, it was good for most things the the other thing I enjoyed about the movie was the cameo so I'm obviously watched a lot of Adam Sandler movies and I've liked uh, some of his earlier work and I just keep watching them because look I'm hoping for them there to be another gem like, well, like uncut gems was uh, but yeah the cameo so and references to previous movies so in the movie there's O'Doyle rules so he's the bully so that was a reference to Billy Madison uh, there's Ben Stiller uh, redoing his role. Um, I think the name was Hal. It's a nurse within Happy Gilmore. So he's there in a it's a mental institution in this one, but it's a similar sort of role. And I didn't pick this up until I looked at uh, the Modern Family actress uh, to see the other movie that she'd been in. I forgot that she was in Happy Gilmore as well. Uh, her name's Julie Bowen. But all the female, or not all, but a lot of female characters with uh, Adam Sandler movies, are their initials are VV. So this one was Violet Valentine uh, in Happy Gilmore. It's Veronica Vaughan. i oh, sorry, Veronica Vaughan and Billy Madison, I think, or one of the two, or Virginia Vanette Ven- in another one. Uh, so there's, yeah, for some reason he's done that. So I thought that was an interesting little little link. The, there's heaps of cameos too, like Kevin James is in there, Steve Buscemi, Rob Snyder, of course. Shaquille O'Neal randomly. Uh, he's got this feminine voice as a Halloween, uh, Halloween presenter, or sorry, a radio station presenter, which is just bizarre. But you know, it's Shaq, so he can do what he wants. And I'm not going to say anything because he'll, you know. What did
0: strong. you What did you rate this film, Chris?
3: Uh, I only well, I ended up giving it a two.
0: Poor, that's but
3: but that's mostly because it's reflecting my nostalgia with the cameos and past references to past movies so it's it's it was between a one and a half and a two for me really uh, oh, okay. nothing nothing uh, nothing outstanding uh it's not very scary so for a halloween movie uh, very immature lots of toilet humor it's pre- it's not quite as predictable as i thought with the the sort of ending uh it did have a little bit of a plot there i suppose but not much uh but yeah it was what i needed just to switch off and relax so I would only recommend you watch this if you have watched all of, or essentially all of uh, Adam Sandler's other movies. And if you've done that, why not? You might as well watch another one. So, yeah. Oh, the other reference too from the uh, the earlier movie that I watched, uh, Birds of Prey, was um, all the girls uh, for a, a, uh, the ones on TV were wearing the same, um, same outfit as Harley Quinn. So I suppose there's another reference to there the other movie but yeah it's it's like okay like
0: yeah one and a half to two yeah so i um, did you guys any yeah, no. of you guys watch this i'll go after you dude. all right so i watched this film i did not like it at all um i'm usually pretty okay with like adam sandler doing a voice and stuff like that this was too much it yeah, just the voice kept, is dumb. it just kept going um the thermos was like the only gag that like I thought was so stupid, it maybe gave me, like, a, a small chuckle. The story was incomprehensible. I just cannot get over that, like, what he was probably paid for this film. Um, yeah, like, I don't think the cameos were enough for me to be invested. Like, because they're in all of his Happy Madison films. So, I don't know. I would say that this is probably one of the worst ones that i've seen him put out
2: i knew this was a good idea to avoid when you message me literally telling me not to watch it because you tell me to watch shit oh, of course and you're like oh yeah check out the babysitter killer queen great movie and i'm like no adam I'm not gonna do that <laughs> That was a great when movie I, when i got this message to say don't watch it i was like oh this is going to be bad so then i saw the trailer for it and i did not even get to the end of the trailer That fucking accent, why? (laughs) Why do that to a film?
1: So, it's a reference to an SNL bit. So, that in itself is also a reference.
2: Joe, I had the Adam Sandler, best of SNL DVD when I was a kid, and there is still no reason to do that in 2020. (laughs) No one else had that DVD except me. (laughs) I just Um, don't know
0: how it's sitting on number three on Netflix at the moment in Australia. Because people watch uh... shit.
2: That's what I tried to tell you last time. You cannot use... But I'm usually the guy who loves shit.
0: I'm the guy who consumes the shit and enjoys it. This was just... I would totally skip this.
1: Before we move on, I just realised that last time I was on this podcast, I hadn't seen Babysitter Killer Queen, and now I have. And it is by far the worst movie I've seen this year.
0: Wow, you're You're an an idiot. (laughs) You got no idea. It is
1: (laughs) like... I know you love YouTube videos and love when movies have been turned into YouTube videos, but it felt like internet humor from,
2: like, 2012 turned into a movie. It was real bad. Maybe he's getting the same nostalgia kicks that Chris got to make Hubie Halloween 2.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Alright, let's jump into the movie of the week. Let's do it.
1: Sounds good
0: Alright So this week's movie was Upgrade uh, Directed by Lee Wallen And with a Is budget it Lee
2: Whannell? I never know how to pronounce his oh, name Oh yeah
0: It's Lee Whannell Lee, Winnell. Lee, Lee Winnell. Winnell.
2: um Gotta get the hometown boy's name right Cause you didn't get one hometown boy right. <laughs>
0: right last time Alright the director of Saw Invisible Man It had a budget Incorrect He didn't direct
2: Saw Sorry to cut you off <laughs> again James Ward directed Saw He wrote and starred in Saw
0: Keep going Adam Alright budget of 5 million USD budget of 4 million (laughs) (laughs) a box office of 17 million USD it stars Logan Marshall Green Uh, yeah Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Simon Maiden as STEM Uh, Linda Cropper and Betty Gabrielle as the um, police officer Uh, Linda was the wife Um, what did everyone think? yeah I love this
2: movie I've seen this movie three times. Um, makes me really proud that it was made in Melbourne for such a small budget, especially seeing as how good it looks and how good it is, really. And, yeah, it's just good to see some good homegrown sci-fi slash action horror-y stuff.
0: Yeah, I also love this film. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. Like, I think that the story's... Um... I liked how the story wrapped up and I think that that's what really pushed me into that like thinking it's a fantastic sci-fi film um in terms of like the way that the film shot like you can definitely tell that it's shot on a low budget but that doesn't take away from um any of the scenes for me uh I really love that where they keep him perfectly centered in the frame like that that cinematic um yeah overall I really enjoyed this film
3: yeah I really liked it as well I thought it was awesome um been a Saw fan as well. I like the couple of, um, I suppose you call them Easter eggs, don't you, that were in there. If you, I don't know if you guys noticed the couple of pictures of Jigsaw on the wall. any mm. of you guys notice that?
2: I didn't, but I do know that J1 is one of the names on a doorbell in one of the buildings here. Ah. Nice. Joel, yeah, what did.
1: A... I, I definitely enjoyed that.
0: What did you think, Joel?
1: Uh, so I literally finished watching this about an hour before we started recording this podcast. I had been meaning to watch it for ages. Like, I'm shocked that I didn't watch it when it was at the cinema, because it's, like, right up my alley. Um, and, uh, yeah, I thought it was good, but it reminded me a lot of other movies that I think I like more. Mm-hmm. Um, it had, like, it the lower budget, uh, but, like, really big, I guess, idea, but um, reminded me a lot of both Dread and the first John Wick. Like... It's a small story told in like a massive cinematic world, yes. Um, where it's just focused on like one very particular event, and it's like a like upgrade is like a hundred minutes, and the other two movies are also like quite tight. I really liked that part of it, but yeah, like those points that I guess reminded me of other movies that I think I like a little bit more. Um, I had a good time with it, and there was a lot of it that I did really really like. There was a few things that I wish weren't in the movie, um, so. <laughs> one thing that's come up in this review was something that i didn't actually like that much which was the during the fight choreography um to show that he is not moving in a human way they keep him perfectly centered in the middle of the frame and i think that that was good in some scenes but especially when you get towards the end of the movie um they start overdoing it a little bit okay uh, and it gets a little bit like i'm watching like an adaptation of like street fighter or something <laughs> oh, um yeah i but see it- did you
3: notice the um the part two where the robot um sorry stem may actually physically moved his head because he has no control of anywhere above the neck you guys notice that
1: yeah he uses his hand to move the head. yeah to move the neck in one of the fight scenes i thought that was a good way to, to yeah. show its control yeah i um i like the fight scenes and i like the way that like yeah again like stem's controlling the like his body from the neck down and the way that they like choreograph the fight scenes. It's just like some of the actual direction. I was like, ugh. I don't
0: mm-hmm. know if I would
1: have done that. But also, if you gave me $5 million, I'd probably be dead in about 15 minutes. So. I wouldn't <laughs> even get that far. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but yeah, it kind of like, if I had to pitch this movie, it's kind of like Robocop meets Venom.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. very similar to. Yeah. It gave me Venom vibes at, for sure.
2: And uh, that has to at least somewhat be helped by the fact that. Logan Marshall, Greed, may as well just be Tom Hardy. Yeah. Looks exactly like him. Mm-hmm. It. It's,
1: um, it's crazy that this came out, like, only a couple of months before the Venom film, because the plot is, at points, identical. <laughs> yeah.
2: And in my opinion, it's a way better film as well.
1: Yeah, that's not particularly a controversial opinion, but I do like that you dropped it like you were dropping
2: a <laughs> it. Oh, oh, mate, mate. When I watched Something Like It Hot, I was walking around like, I don't... I don't know what to tell anyone, but I think I've come up with the hottest take ever here. <laughs> so Marilyn Monroe, bit of a babe.
0: So I think I probably am chucking a few extra like little points here um, because it's a US film, but it's all filmed in Australia. And like there's just like you see the Balty bridge.
2: Nah, see, I, I very much consider this an Australian film rather than a US film because most of the actors are Australian just because they're doing that real neutral accent that makes it try and sound like it's from America. I think I've sort of watched a few... Australian films that do that over the past few years um, I think is a predestination is that one yeah it's that's probably. Australian yeah is that Ethan Hawke in that one yep and there's another one as well actually I don't know if it's really American based but other life is another sort of low-budget Australian sci-fi movie that's pretty good and I give a lot of credit when you can make a I guess four million dollars in today's society making a film is sort of a shoestring budget, especially when you're going for this big sort of set piece things. And I appreciate the sort of cuts that Lee made around some corners to make it look better than it may be produced, especially seeing as we have to consider that Lee was only made, at this point, I think, two films. He'd made one of the Insidious films and I think another one because James Wan had directed all their previous efforts that they teamed up on. And
0: yeah, you're right, seeing the Balti Bridge, seeing all these local locations used. Like the Hume Highway in the car the Hume chase. Highway, yeah. Um what else was there? I think like the uh, an interesting fact I read was the Balti Bridge screen is actually a mirrored image so that the cars are driving on the right hand side. So um they scrubbed obviously the name Balti Bridge out of the <laughs> cowards and then yeah inversely flipped it so that they're driving on the wrong side of the road so they didn't have to like film it in the middle of the night or stop congestion in Melbourne I Um, love how this film's idea of the
2: future though is literally Melbourne from 2018 with everyone driving Teslas that's yeah like the car
0: idea of the dystopian future yeah the car was really cool um, and it also, like, I don't know if you guys have seen that Amazon movie or TV series called Upgrade, but, like, the cars were pretty, like, similar. Um, and I guess some <laughs> of the concepts are pretty, or, or looked pretty similar as well. Um, especially, like, the whole car crash scene. I feel like that was taken straight from this movie and put into that TV show. Wouldn't uh, be
2: surprised. This I think this is one of those ones that's going to age quite well in terms of a few things that it's influenced especially and I hope this gets a bit more credit than it is getting like I know that it's taken off in some cold circles but I found this was a better film than The Invisible Man I feel like the things he tried here weren't as sort of static and easy and you could clearly tell that he wasn't making a big budget Hollywood film and that he was using the skills that he learnt making Saw on that small budget, especially the short film to maximize what he got out of it here. And the scenes of gore are sick in this movie. Like the first fight scene, the first real action scene, and I can kind of see where Joel's going with, they overuse the sort of um, perfectly still rotoscope, whatever it's called uh, later on, because it's best execution is the first time you see it. The first action scene in this film is amazing. Like, yep. next level. And nothing from there sort of lives up to it, but it doesn't lose much either. It's just the way... The first fight scene is the best of the film, in my opinion. Yeah, I, um, yeah sorry. I did
1: find the violence and stuff like that in the movie really good. Like, it was, like, really well used. Like, the movie is quite violent, but it kind of pulls punches at points. But then yep. when you're uh, getting hit with, like, it, like, I guess far more graphic violence, you're not expecting it. I think it's, um, like...
2: I, i relate that sort of thing to say green room the film with anton yelkin does it very well where you only get a few scenes of violence through the whole time but they're fairly graphic and they keep you on edge waiting for it to happen a lot more midsummer's the same yeah both of
1: those i yeah really like great films yeah. um and i think i'm with you josh i think i like this more than visible man and
2: i am excited to see what he does in the future I believe he's doing The Wolfman next. He is, with Ryan Gosling. Oh, I knew you'd like that one. Uh, I believe... so. Oh, that's one other thing I'll add. I was looking up other casting options, like who he tried to get first, and apparently Christian Bale was the first option for the main character Upgrade. And secondly, the second option, and I predict I would have given this film a five if they had got this man, Jake Gyllenhaal
0: was also considered to be
2: the lead in this film. And that would have been...
0: Amazing. See, that's actually one of the things I was going to say that I think I quite liked about the film in its so entirety is amazing. they didn't have like a like a cast that like I recognised. I feel like that worked. Like there wasn't like a standout like lead. Um, the only person I rec- uh recognised was um, Betty Gabriel, the police officer who was in Get Out. Yes, she was.
2: And I, like a lot of the actors in this have been in a lot of small Australian shows. I know the girlfriend or the wife was has been in Winners and Losers and things like that and the guy behind the bar in the bar scene hmm. is Shane Jacobson's brother, I think, the guy who made Kenny. I think this guy who actually directed Kenny plays the guy behind the bar in one of the scenes. They should have got Shane Jacobson as Kenny in the bar. Hmm. <laughs> Fun fact, I used to work with uh, Shane Jacobson's uh, nephew, which would have been the son of that guy.
1: Uh, yeah. Should have cast him as well
2: Should have cast me Just get me Yes
1: <laughs> oh. uh, I
3: reckon um, Crispin Bale Was his Was his excuse Josh that he needed To return some videotapes
2: Was that the reason <laughs> He couldn't, uh, oh, couldn't play Maybe couldn't Or play. Or maybe they wouldn't Let him lose enough weight For the role I heard yeah. that's another thing Like you gotta let him Weigh in whatever he wants
0: Yeah
3: mm. <laughs> I watched um, What's your recommendation Last week Or Emily's recommendation Last week American Psycho Great film
0: Oh, yeah. That was that reference there. Yeah. You still haven't seen that, have you, Adam? No, no, no. I've seen American Psycho. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Highly recommended. All right, let's wrap this up. Um, yep. Uh, so, yeah, we all recommend going out and seeing Upgrade. What's the movie for next week, Josh? Uh,
2: so, you know what? Seeing as Joel's been on here and he's recommended a cooked 2018 French horror movie, I think we might do a different kind of cooked twenty eighteen French horror movie and watch Climax for next week. Jesus Christ. Yes. Yes.
0: I'm gonna probably hate this film, but
2: No, you will not. This'll be your you'll in you'll appreciate what this film goes for. Alright. No worries. We'll
0: we'll see. We'll see. Look, thanks so much, um, everyone for listening. Um this has been Film School Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all the movies that we've watched throughout the week, uh, along with the main topic. Next week is Climax. Um, all the details of the movies that we've watched are in the description below. Um, thanks so much, Joel, for coming on and um, guesting no again. Uh, plug yourself. Go. Take it away
1: so you can find me on most social medias uh under douche 13 so d-u-s-c-h-1-3 so that's twitter and instagram or you can find me on letterboxd as douche d-u-s-c-h-e-r uh, you can listen to my other podcasts or on the sand radio network just head to dot radio.com they're all there um yeah and keep i guess just everyone as long as you promise to have a good time that's that's the best plug i could hope for <laughs>
2: awesome I feel like this is like hot ones where you have to actually make it to the end of a conversation with Adam to earn your plug.
0: (laughs) I got him to plug it at the start. Thank you. I introduced him before you.
2: No, I know.
0: All right. There's a lot of testosterone in this room tonight. Excellent. Thanks so much (laughs) for watching and we will see you next week.
2: We missed you, Em.